Welcome to the Fear Soul Podcast. I'm Jordan Ray, the Soul Diva, and I'm on a mission for women to love themselves fiercely, live soulfully, transform their trauma and toxic experiences, to reclaim their worth and self-expression. I chat with thought leaders and inspirational women in free-flowing conversations, with a focus on loving yourself, soulful living, emotional well-being, creative expression, and body wisdom, intended to empower you to practice self-love and guide you to your authentic self-expression. I'm joined by Jenny. Jenny, I am going to let you introduce yourself. Thank you. It's lovely to be here. And actually, so I'm Jenny Lucas, and I am the owner of Highlight Wellness. That is based around Reiki. I'm a Reiki master. I'm working with energy work. I am also a secondary school teacher, sorry, former full-time secondary school teacher of 16 years. And actually, I find that still a tricky thing to say because I only left the profession, if you like, um, at Easter after having been a teacher for, for 16 years. So I'm still working in education at the moment and my day job, I'm still I'm working with um, the virtual schools now to support young people who are in care and need access appropriate education to make sure that that consistency continues for them in that situation. So that's been really interesting and a route into pastoral care in a way that I had never experienced it before in my previous life, if you like, as secondary schools. So just kind of expanding the old repertoire and the day job and then in highlight wellness i it's growing and expanding it came out of me uh actually being signed off work last year um and thinking i need to get out of full-time teaching this is not doing it for my soul anymore um and going back to the fact that i had been a reiki practitioner and was a reiki practitioner for gosh a long time 2006 i did my level two um and actually what was needed at this time sort of during the pandemic and then subsequently afterwards was this idea of, of more healing and people being more compassionate for themselves rather than just the people around about them and that compassion should start at home first and then it can much more easily and quickly be spread out across the rest of the community and the world. So that's how it started. I've gone into... Um, coaching but working with teenagers and coaching uh, and I think this is probably something we're going to touch on today in terms of self-worth and the self-worth of young people and how if we can work with young people to help them understand where it is first of all and that it their self-worth can come from within and should come from within the sooner we can impart that message into those young people the less likely it is that they will go on and develop more issues going forward in life um, both of us have come at this as adults um, and at various points in the journey have said, oh, wouldn't it have been nice to have known this 20 years ago? Whatever. Um, so to try and impart that knowledge out a little bit earlier is, uh, I think, going to be a, a big and important step to, you know, healing the world and going forward and having a, creating a, a more pleasant environment for us all to live in. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think when you were talking about obviously your background and I actually forget how similar our backgrounds are in some level because obviously mm. you know I worked with children and families for 20 years um, and around that abuse and trauma and then although my coaching has kind of been developing before the pandemic obviously the that final leap for me has also been during this so I was just yeah listening to that going yes we've both shifted um but bringing everything and all that experience that we've both got with us and I think just thinking about some of the young people I would work with mm. when I was working within CAMS mm. and they're obviously trying to manage all this societal pressure, all this peer pressure. Parents don't always know how to support them and help them manage that. Yeah. And quite often, actually, like so many of us, have also had their own self-worth journey and yeah. uh, are trying to manage their own self-worth alongside supporting their child. 
So just the number of layers is huge. Yeah. And that's the thing, it's thinking about where to, to tackle it from and to try and support in some way. And I, I found that in my own business and as, as it's grown and changed and will probably continue to do so um, as time passes, it's the idea of working with the teenagers. And I like the idea of working with teenagers very much. Some of them are more open to it than others. Most, all of them at the moment have got there because their parents have seen something that I posted somewhere and gone, oh, we could use that. None of the teenagers have come to me themselves yet. And that's a place that I'd like to get to as we go through in the future. Because I think that's, I think that kind of um, consent issue is important. You know what I mean? We've all been forced to go places, <laughs> do things by our parents that we didn't necessarily want to. Um, so it'd be nice if, if they, I could start attracting the teenagers to come because they resonate with the things that I'm saying and they want to find out for themselves rather than, you know, just like my mum said, I had to be here and that this might be good for me. Um, but then also working with parents um, and it's a, it's a fine balance, I think, working with parents to help them understand themselves as well and how their interactions and influence over their young people is much greater, I think, than we ever give ourselves credit for as parents until we look back and see the influence that our own parents had on us. Um, it's it's a, it's a funny thing to do, actually. I have, as you know, I, I have two um, girls who are coming up for 10 and 7 this year. And that has some, that's been something that's really made me reflect on my own self, I suppose, is thinking of how I parent them and sometimes listening to the voice that comes out of my mouth and thinking, where did that come from? Why is yeah. that voice speaking? Whose voice is that? Um, and where has this reaction come from? Why am I feeling this way? And that has, I mean, that's still <laughs> silly mind-blowing to me uh, to be on. But that question of why, that's something that I like to share with the young people is, you know, get curious, get curious about yourself, get curious about your thoughts and opinions. Like, why are you feeling that way? I am feeling this way today. Why? Where does this come from? Let's explore that a little bit more. Because that is a key component to knowing yourself, knowing what your values are, knowing what you find important, knowing what makes you an individual, as opposed to just, you know, being a teenager or a girl or a boy or, or non-binary, whatever it is that you would identify as, like, you know, there are inherent things within you that make you an individual. What are they? How, how do we find them? Where do they come from? And knowing the influence that comes from so many other places, we're made up of little parts of so, so, many other people's opinions and voices and experiences. Um, it's quite fascinating, actually, when you start to delve into it. But it's so huge. And I was, actually, there were a couple of things came to mind as you were talking. And one was thinking of my own journey, which I know I've, you know, for anyone that's followed me, they will have seen this in my post before. But, you know, when I was, about 2021 um I was definitely seeking my self-worth in inappropriate relationships I didn't know that at the time I didn't have that awareness or that insight <laughs> um I can look back now and go that's definitely what I was doing it it was needing that external validation and so actually to have been able to have some of those conversations before and at least have the awareness even if you know, the solution <laughs> wasn't there. At least have that sort of understanding would have been one step. And I was also thinking when you were saying obviously about the, the consent and the young people coming on their own. And when I used to see the young people in crisis, and obviously we're talking mental health crisis, mm. so a lot further down the spectrum than, mm. than the self-worth we're talking, but quite often for the young people it almost took that crisis for them to have the conversation with the parent and you know so so many times parents would say I didn't know this was going on for them so it is that whole spectrum it's that whole how would you even start those conversations you know, at a societal level, not yeah. just a, 
I know individually you're doing it and we're all yeah. doing it individually, but actually how do we get those conversations out there and started? How do we do the work with parents without it feeling like a judgment, mm -hmm. without it feeling like blame or anything else? And, I, and that's why I loved your word of curiosity because that's mm -hmm. exactly what it is. It's all of us getting, you know, you and I included, getting curious about why am I doing this? What is it about? And I think as an adult as well, the biggest question that I always love is, when am I? You know, when am I reacting from? Am I reacting from myself right now today? 99% of the time, no. Mm -hmm. um, actually, no, I'm... I'm reacting from this 14 year old or self or this 10 year old self or um, and I think the quite often the biggest one when I used to work with parents with little children was oh they're too young to remember mm. and it's that understanding of they might not be able to process the memory as we do of, as adults yeah but they felt it in their body. They remember how you were in the moment, mm. whether that was anxious or feeling low, whatever that might have been, they would have taken that on. So mm -hmm. it doesn't matter how young they are, that process is already starting. Yeah. It's, it's interesting what you say about the, um, how can we start the conversation at a more societal level? Um, and that is, that's a good question because, you know, within what I'm trying to do within what I'm, within my community and, and I'm trying to grow this community, but it, it changes all the time at the moment. I'm thinking maybe I want to be working more with neurodiverse children, neurodiverse parents. Maybe that's an avenue I want to explore. But it is that idea that everyone matters and that as a parent, like, especially for single parents in particular where it's more challenging to find time and to, to find excuses if you like to be kind to yourself it's, it's getting that message out there to society actually whether you're a parent or not that your own self-care is really important and that that isn't selfish and it's changing the societal message around self-care self-worth setting boundaries looking out for yourself first isn't selfish thing because what you are then able to give because you're at full capacity is far greater whether that is to your children or your family or your friends or your colleagues or strangers on the street or whoever you know you're in a far better place um to be the person that you you want to be to be that kind of person or that more compassionate person or that more forgiving person um but we do we are really stuck especially in this country in that, you know, it's selfish to think of yourself. We must always selflessly give to others all the time, even if that means we're working ourselves into the ground. And, and you know, and that is, it's going to be a tough thing to shift. I think it's going to take time. Uh, but I think there's more of us out there that are, that are bringing that message. And I think that it is beginning to be picked up um, in more ways. I mean, I, I follow some people that advocate for gentle parenting uh, which was something that I hadn't really heard of before in, in those terms um, in terms of work with you know babies right the way up to, to, to teenagers so younger than anything that I'm doing um, and it is as you say the body holds the score if you know what I mean um, it's, it's understanding from a very young age that you know babies and children are not trying to manipulate situation or manipulate you into giving them attention because that's what they want um they're communicating their needs to you in a way which can be irritating um as a parent who might be tired or frustrated or you know have needs that need to be met as well and being able to practice the exploration for those children to express themselves without being told I had a conversation with my husband about this yesterday actually it really boils my blood when people say things like 
or you don't know the meaning of the word stress or you're too young to know what real stress is or you know what have you got to be miserable about or any of those sort of like put down immediate cut off phrases that totally invalidates that person's experience and then over time makes them think that what they're thinking or feeling must be wrong or that it's not important and you know, and you get to, you keep waiting to get to the age where, well, when are my worries going to be important enough for someone else to care about or for me to say something about or deal with, or you know, and it's all those little messages that we constantly that are constantly going out to young people, even from little tiny little ones, that they're reinforcing the message that their voice isn't important, that their worries aren't valid, you know, and that creates problems. <laughs> it creates issues going forward and being able to hold space for people to have feelings and know that feelings are important, especially for boys, for people that identify as male in some way. Like you don't have to, and there, I know there's been a lot of work on this in terms of like getting men to speak out and campaigns about to raise awareness of like suicide rates in men and things like that. But you know, you don't have to, for anyone, you don't have to stuff your feelings down. Human beings have human experiences and part of that experience is feeling and we, we, we label these feelings, good feelings or bad feelings, but they're just feelings, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? And, and they're, you're feeling them because they're a reaction to something. And that's not necessarily a good or a bad thing. It's a way for the body and the mind to process experiences that they've had and to deny yourself or anyone else to express those feelings in a healthy way, obviously, is really, really impactful going forward, I think. Yeah. Absolutely. I think thinking about everything you were saying about children and, and their behaviour is signalling a need. Yeah. And I think quite often what we forget actually, we still do that as adults. Yeah. That when we haven't learned that our voice is important, or when we have learned that you have to be a behave a particular way in a particular situation, if that's what's been, you know, put in place growing up. Mm that still comes out as adults and it leaks out mm -hmm. it's that bit where you suddenly find you've snapped or you've suddenly responded in a way you don't normally respond to other situations mm -hmm. and actually it's because that's never been dealt with it's never been brought up and worked through and supported and I think certainly for women you were obviously talking about the emotions of boys or mm -hmm or anyone that identifies as male. And I was thinking for women, and I will select women in particular mm -hmm. for this one, anger is so often seen as an emotion that women shouldn't express. Yeah. And we have never been... we've never been shown there's there's a lot of campaigns obviously now for men I'm not saying mm -hmm. that, you know we're, we're still falling short mm -hmm. but there are the campaigns out there but there's nothing for women in terms of that anger expression and the fact that you can do this in a healthy way mm. and you don't have to bottle it down it's not a bad thing to feel angry how you express it might be and the behavior that comes from it might be but feeling angry is fine and actually channeled in the right way is brilliant mm -hmm. and so yeah I think alongside all of this work we we're all doing there's also this level of getting to grips with those feelings understanding exactly what you're saying they're not good or bad. They are exactly what they are. The behaviours associated with them might be good or bad. Yeah. But the feelings aren't. And also, once you've learned to live with those feelings over years and years and years, and thinking of, you know, some of the women I work with where not having a voice where you're younger might have led into relationships where you no longer have a voice learning to get that voice back mm -hmm. is much harder as we both know than being able to do the work earlier on mm -hmm. with the young person yeah 
where they then have this life where they can go and express themselves and they can have a voice yeah it's interesting I think um especially you know so many different things when, but when you think back sort of generally generationally uh, our parents and and their parents you know their parents came from the war era and we've got the old, good old stiff upper lip situation going on here in the in Britain and it was kind of like we're all in this terrible situation together we're just going to have to like come on the wartime spirit and all that we get through it and and that was kind of like the societal message and that was passed down to our parents um who went through all sorts of revolution and, and changes in the 60s and 70s you know all sorts of things coming out um and new ways of expression and and, and fashion and you know, every generation complains about the one before, doesn't it? Um, um, and, you know, there was lots of behaviour, if you like, that was regarded as uncouth or, you know, whatever, um, through their generation. But again, there was still that kind of, for a lot of society, that um, children should be seen and not heard situation, you know. And it was all about, um, not necessarily like the, the white picket fence and the, the perfect family life but that kind of you know as far as everybody else is concerned we're all fine thanks very much no one is going to say anything about us no one is going to know anything about this family no one is going to judge eh, because we are all normal human beings that do things the right way we're all going to get jobs and contribute to society and not rock the boat um and anything that fell out with that was uh, a challenge or unacceptable or whatever um, and then I think, you know, we've, again, we've moved on um, and we have more people who are aware enough of that and think, okay, this isn't necessarily the world I want to be bringing my child up in. I want to be able to give my child more autonomy or more freedom of thought or, but still try and keep them on that right, whatever you would consider to be the right moral pathway in terms of like knowing right from wrong, whatever that means. Um, still being a good human, you know what I mean? A, a good human. Um, and I think it's really fascinating if we look back over the last, let's say, 20 years, let's say since the turn of the millennium, where we have uh, a far more accepted LGBTQ plus community. Um, we have far more um, acceptance around even women doing things in life, like earning and being mums and and working or stay-at-home mums or choosing not to have children or, you know, having autonomy over their own decisions in life. Amazing, imagine that. Um, and more so, more recently, we have more exploration of, of neurodiversity and actually people um, who can't conform to the, the normal box that we're all expected to do so in society and being accommodated in some way in order to, to help you know everyone to be able to make a valuable contribution in some way or another and that's I think all of those things still have a way to go we're by no means a, a perfect utopia yet um but just having the space and the freedom to be able to in a lot of ways come out and say things like I have ADHD or I think I'm trans or whatever it is you know I want more money at work because I'm a woman and you're getting paid more than me like whatever you know to have the knowledge that you have the right to do that like that's an okay thing because you think it and nobody else has to think that's an okay thing for you to have permission to do that like you can forge forward for those things is a beautiful thing and not not something that lots of other countries have you know there's still plenty of other places in the world where it's not where we're not as far ahead if you like in terms of where we are at the moment here although I you know there's still plenty still plenty to do and I think that comes from empowering people to have that confidence in themselves that what they think and believe about themselves is right. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. And I think, isn't it great when your thought comes into your head and then just flies out the other way as you start to talk? <laughs> it was um, when you were talking about having the voice. Um, it also made me think about actually in the last 20 years, we've also had a lot of people speaking out as well yeah. a lot of celebrities yeah so obviously we've had a lot of the men speaking out about their mental health 
but we've also had women speaking out because I think there's also been for those that are mothers you know postnatal depression and the impact of that and what that can mean on both mother and child that's now not just more understood but spoken out about you know we mm. hear of it more um but also we hear of people talking about actually having the life that you do want mm. and that I think alongside all the changes to, as well as having the voice we're now in a society where it's not you go into whatever role it was at 16 18 mm-hmm. and work there for years actually it's okay that if if you're doing something that really isn't for you and isn't aligned and that we're also getting that message out that it's okay to change it's okay to go and do something else yeah. and actually it's also okay to to do something you enjoy yeah and crazy isn't it what a concept <laughs> I know all of those you know all of those messages that um we you know we used to be given about what was a job and yeah and what's important you know that having the mortgage and being able to pay your bills and you know all of those like almost like that front to society again you must must show that you're a fully functioning adult and to be a fully functioning adult you need to have this this and this and you know even if you're miserable as sin going into that nine to five every day Monday to Friday doesn't matter because you've got bills to pay and you know and that compromise almost I mean for me certainly got to the point almost of being the compromise between being able to contribute to the family financially and keep us afloat financially or be a happy functioning human being and you know it did it did get to that point for me last year where it was like I know I can't do both of these things anymore um and that's that was a scary place to be because you think you're kind of breaking the norm I had a career of 16 years behind me I trained to be a teacher you know and I had this career this job title and lots of experience behind it and it was like well what else else can I be you know and there's actually you know, there's a lot of teachers and people that work in education and lots of other public services at the moment who are in that position where they're sitting going, well, this is what I've done for 20 years. Like, what else? I'm, supposed, I'm getting older. I'm expensive. Like, what else am I supposed to do with my life? I need to pay the bills. And it's a real, like, moment because, you know, that is what society expects. It's what my parents expect. It's what my friends expect. It's what my partner expects. You know, I need to be able to for my children or whatever it is you know we have these things oh the pension what about the pension there's a good one in the public sector as well but you know the pension oh yeah I've heard that one (laughs) you know at the end of the day it's a trap it's a trap like you know if the the pandemic has taught us nothing it is that life is you know it's short and why wait until you're 65 to go and live by the sea um, and walk on the beach every morning if you can facilitate it happening 30 years earlier like why you know do the pros and cons what would what would be better done now rather than waiting and it's just been a bit of an eye-opener I think you know that being able to make those decisions and understand that you're allowed I think that was a big moment actually when you said that to me like you're allowed to do these things and it's like you know I had that in 2020 when we were during the first lockdown you know sitting out when we had beautiful weather at one point and, and doing online teaching and sitting in my garden at the same time and having that thought of I could quit this job if I wanted to um I was being made redundant at the time so that, that you know I couldn't quit it because I was being like go oh, anyway at the end of the term but it was that feeling of whatever I want now I'm an adult like I am a 30 odd year old woman and I could you know I could get a different job or we could move to another part of the country we could emigrate if we wanted to like you know and it was that it was a ridiculous realization but that kind of I don't need anyone's permission to do this yes I'm in a marriage and I have a family and we need to you know we, we cooperate and make decisions together about what will be best for our lives as a collective if you like but you know even within that I still have autonomy to decide time I want to get up in the morning most of the time that said I mean children are a little bit bigger now so they don't come in at five anymore that's rude but you know or what I want to have for breakfast or what I want to cook for dinner like stupid little things where you're like oh I can make these decisions for myself oh my god um 
life-changing to realize that actually you know whose whose opinion are you are you waiting for whose approval are you waiting for like who are you waiting to say it's okay for you to do this um because actually this is your life and that was the biggest light bulb moment that I had for myself um probably this time last year when I had a, a, a sort of initial counselling appointment through the Education Support Partnership for having been signed off work. And the chap said to me, right, you've got a couple of weeks now before your first proper appointment. Um, I want you to go and write down a list of things that you're going to do, which you enjoy, which, you, you know, which help you relax, which make you happy, um, you know, to just try and in, cool for, chill for the next two weeks or so. And I, I literally laughed down the phone at the chap. I was like, what? what do you mean like do things that I enjoy it was like he was speaking a different language I was like I don't know what to do to relax I don't know what relaxes me I don't know what I enjoy what makes me happy I don't know and it was kind of you know it was as I was reflecting on that in the days that came afterwards I was like how ridiculous how ridiculous that at whatever age I was back then when was it I don't know 30 something um that I am a mother to two children I'm married I'm a professional woman I have a mortgage you know I have all these things that society told me that I needed to have to be a functioning human being I don't know what makes me happy I don't know how to relax I don't know what I enjoy what a sadness how sad to have got to that point you know in my life and have no idea about any of those things what is the point of living you know um and it's astonishing how many people you say that to and they go either oh uh, you know, I do these things and I do this, or they go, oh god, yeah, I've never heard it like that before. I don't know what I enjoy, and you know, it's like everybody's sort of waking up from a simulation and going, we can, we can do things that we enjoy. Like, wow, what a revelation! <laughs> and I think there's a misconception as well that this, these things have to be big. You know, it's like going away on holiday or going and doing an activity, and oh, it costs money and it it takes time or whatever it might be, and actually. You know, one of the coaches that I've worked with, we had to create a joy list. And um, every day it's find three things. Well, those three things might be sitting quietly with a coffee in the morning, mm -hmm. even for five, 10 minutes, or spending time journaling or, or getting out and walking in nature or on the beach, whatever you enjoy, quite literally. Mm -hmm. um, and I love the other thing that I love is, is a different coach who talks about taking a joy break and they quite literally set an alarm in their phone. And for me, that's always a dance break. That's what brings me joy, but it doesn't have to be for everybody. Yep. Um, and it's literally, you know, if you're just in your normal routine, the alarm goes off and it's like, what can you do for five minutes that brings you joy? Yeah. And, but this goes back to the permission giving. This goes back to allowing ourselves and interestingly while you were talking as well I was thinking about how we just learn to accept our limitations as well as what we're allowed to or not allowed um, and it was actually a friend I was talking to recently and she has given me permission to share this before I say it um, so you know, she'd, start, she'd started dating and I wasn't aware there was still stuff hanging over from her previous relationship and all the doubts were starting to come out. And I was like, okay, you know, well, let's jump on a call. We can work through some of this. And her response was, well, I just deal with it. I always have. And it's like, but you don't have to. I always have. <laughs> what a phrase. Yeah, this is how I've always done things. Like, it's amazing, isn't it? This that thought that actually there might be another way that could work for you. It's just mind blowing. And well, I just think of I know when I was first thinking about, you know, my clients and obviously working in like you, the uh mine's local government and mm -hmm. public sector, but you look at the all of these people who from the outside look like they have it all a little yeah. bit like you were saying you know your 16 year career and the family and yeah. and everybody looking from the outside in oh, what a wonderful life and certainly with social media because we know how curated that is yeah and then actually when you start talking to these people and obviously 
my role is women. And you hear that they're not going after that big dream mm. because, and 90% of the time there's fear, but that again, we're connecting back to the self-love, self-worth, yep. prioritizing yourself as a woman, all of those things. And it's like, but why not? This is the opportunity to shift that. This is the opportunity to go and do that work on yourself. Yes, it will be uncomfortable. Yes, it's going to be challenging. I'm not going to promise otherwise. Um, but it will be worthwhile at the other end. And being able to live those dreams and do everything you wanted to do. You know, isn't that worth the investment in yourself, both in time, money and anything else? And that's the thing. I think it's getting that message across to people that that's the point. Isn't that the point of us being here? Like, what is the point of us being here if we're going to live to a society's expectations or the, the expectations that our parents set down for us? Or, you know, who are we living this life for? And yes, when you have a partner or when you have children or other family commitments, I'm not for a second suggesting that you cut all those off and just flown off to this into the sunset somewhere. It's a balance. But just even having the consideration for yourself, I am important. I have needs which need to be met. Um, they're not all going to get met all the time, every day. Obviously, we still have to feed the children and comfort them when they cry and, and, and be present for them when they need us, etc. But out with that, there's actually other moments. And I can only speak for a person who has a very supportive husband who 50-50s on the parenting when he's you know working from home and things like that. I know it's not the same for everybody in single parent situations, et cetera, but just having the ability to, to prioritise, even, you know, once they've eventually gone to bed, what do I need for this half hour, hour, two hours that I've got before I go to bed? Can I have a cup of tea? Can I make a hot chocolate? Can I put on a five minute guided meditation? You know, if I can I do some stretching or a bit of deep breathing or just something that's just for me? In this moment and it might sound you know like what difference is that going to make but it's the commitment to yourself that just for those five minutes or ten minutes or whatever it is that that time is for you that just plants a seed that you can then grow and grow and grow on as as time goes on that commitment that this is and consciously being aware of it, i suppose mindfulness comes into it as well and i cannot overstate how important mindfulness is um, in playing a role in self-worth and, and growing confidence in things going forward, that being aware of how you're feeling in a moment and the fact that that moment, that you're in that present moment. I take most mornings I will get up before everybody else because I choose to, because I get that 10, 15, sometimes 20 minutes before I have to start getting the kids up or getting ready for work where I can do a bit of Reiki for myself, where I can listen to a bit of Abraham Hicks or do a little guided meditation or something and appreciate the stillness and the fact that there's nobody else up, dog is quiet, everyone is asleep, no one needs anything from me in that moment, no one is telling me anything, asking me anything, looking for anything, breathing too loudly near me, like there's none of that, none of that is happening and I get to have that, I've given myself by getting up 20 minutes earlier than everybody else I've given myself that space and it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm a calm zen person for the whole day but it's that commitment every day to having allowed myself that space that is really important for my own understanding that I'm an important person and actually you know these children I'm their mum they see me as their mum because I am but it's it's weird trying to flip yourself around if you like and, and see yourself in their eyes but like being able to show yourself that commitment then teaches them a lesson that, you know, mum thinks that she's important. It must be important to think that you're important. So they then consider themselves and what their needs are. And it's all that little trickle down effect. It's that what we are presenting for our children and being able to take that space or being able to say, you know, I'll talk to you about that in five minutes. Mummy just needs a brain break or whatever it is so that you are calm or 
um, and able to then give them a little bit more of what they need rather than maybe overreacting in a situation and having to apologise or, you know, it, it's all of those little things are showing them the way of how to treat themselves also. You know, you want to be selfless for your children. You want to provide the best life for them. You want them to be happy all the time and, and cared for and all those things. But they, you are also their blueprint, I suppose, for becoming a human being, an adult, a parent themselves, perhaps one day. And they get from you all of those messages. And if you're constantly putting yourself out for other people and them, then they learn that that is how to function as a human being and that their needs are not important. And that it's wrong. It's wrong. Yeah. Like we're back to the oxygen mask analogy, you know. Yes, yes. Put your oxygen mask on first. And I was thinking as you were talking about, absolutely, there are single parents out there. And it might not be half, you know, half an hour might not be a realistic priority. Yep. But it is still the message that they've still got to scaffold themselves somehow and if that support isn't around them how can they get that support to be able to have moments of joy in their day yeah you know obviously once children are at school I would hope (laughs) that I mean even if it's listening to your choice of music in the car or you know having time for a coffee that hasn't gone cold or whatever yeah. it might look like. I, I know it's unlikely to be big things, but actually build those in that yes. you have every right to have those built in. Yes. And also there's a, something about having fun as well for you, not just for the children. Yes. And I know with uh, one of my clients, it was their homework was to do exactly that. They were going to just go and play for the week they do have a a little person but the choice was for them the intention was for them not for their little person yeah and that's what they did yeah and it's like just go and do it for you not because you're you're taking your little person with you um and I think it's it's that it's that you need to fill yourself up Mm. first Yes, there's challenges to that. Fully respect that. But how can you build those moments in? Yeah. If, you, if you're going out, you know, and you, I don't know, maybe the beach is a 20 minute drive further than the local park you normally go to. But if you want to go to the beach, yeah. take the kids to the beach. Yeah. Get your bit in there somehow and I'm making it sound so nice and easy and I know that (laughs) and I know it really isn't but I think you know that that has been my biggest conversation with parents is Mm. one how can you scaffold yourself and so this is not just the self-worth it's the Mm self-love as well as the self-care it's like love yourself enough to put yourself first Mm. because actually the more you do that the more of you exactly what you were saying earlier the more of you is available to others anyway. Yep. And I love these thoughts that float through my head and out the other side. Yeah. How is it happening <laughs> twice now? Um, it's gone. It's gone completely. It'll come back if it was important. There was something about filling up. I know what it was. Again, I know household chores need to be done and certainly if you're on your own that they're all down to you but taking five minutes to play with the kids Mm. five minutes to put the washing up off Mm. or as long as there's not something that's desperately needed for the next day not putting the washing in Mm. I'm sure somebody's shouting at me right now about all the other (laughs) things that are on the list (laughs) um but we're back to what's important mm. and actually whether you have kids or not what you do how you choose to prioritize yourself mm. shows how important you are mm. you know the vacuum is there tomorrow the dusting's there tomorrow it never ends it's not going away exactly it'll still be there 
And if you do have kids, they're going to remember those moments. They're going to remember the moments where you went, oh, actually, let's just leave the washing up tonight. The weather's beautiful. Let's jump in the car and do something or mm. go, go and have a bit of fun and go and have a moment for you. Mm. And I think, you know, as you were talking, the other thing that came to me that I think is quite important is, especially as a woman, actually, realizing that you're not going to have the same energy levels every day <laughs> and that some days you just wake up tired and lacking compassion and empathy and capacity and that's certainly something I've learned about myself um, and have felt more of as I'm getting a little bit older is you know every day is not the same and I can have the best intentions and go to bed reasonably reflect reasonably and wake up and not and just not be feeling it you know what I mean? And it's yeah. about learning self-compassion from that perspective to not just be like, push on through, like, this is, this is what I intended to do today, so I must do it. It's, it. it's holding on to that kind of, okay, I'm not feeling the way I expected to today, so I'm going to ease off. Like you say, hoovering will still be there tomorrow. That laundry still needs putting away. Tomorrow it's clean. Kids can find something in it if they need it. It's just not away yet. Or whatever it is, and, and understanding that although you feel like that in that moment, you're not going to feel like that forever in that moment. And whether that's a, a sense of physical exhaustion um, or whether that's like a, a, an emotional state that you find yourself in, having compassion for the fact that that's just how you are in that moment and acceptance that this, is, this isn't probably going to be me tomorrow or next week or whatever. I will again be in a place where I feel like superwomen and I'm able to do 400 chores in a day and be an excellent wife and mother and person um it's just that not all days feel like that um and I think for, for single parents out there as well that is a really important self-compassion break that you can give yourself without doing anything else it's acknowledging how hard it is and how you're feeling it today and that it's okay to feel a bit rubbish some days and not beat yourself up for the fact that you're ruining the kids lives because you said that you wanted you were going to take them to the park after school and you're actually not capacity to make small talk with other mums today that you need to just go home and they can get the iPads out like that's okay you know that's okay it's not not going to be the end of the world like that is allow yourself that grace you know it's important and I think that that always brings us back to um where you started when you were talking about curiosity mm. this having all this self-compassion, doing all of this without judgment for yourself, <laughs> um, without blame, without self-criticism, all those really nice big words that jump up at us whenever we choose not to do something and just accepting it. And I think, you know, there's a whole other conversation in that about uh, women and functioning within women's cycles and mm. um, over and above today, but it, but I was taken by the news today and I can't remember which country it is, but there's a country looking at giving yeah. women off three days off. Oh, it's so for their menstrual cramps. And, and it was just that acknowledgement of, yeah. Not the no same one, every day. Sometimes it's hard. <laughs> yeah. And there's talk, you know, about women trying to manage with the menopausal symptoms and yes. all these other things that are going on. So when you have whatever it is, or whether you just have a low energy day because you're having a low energy day, yeah. actually, without back to the don't beat yourself up. Mm -hmm. Don't judge, self-compassion, do your best. And exactly if that's iPads and... Fish fingers in the oven, whatever, sandwiches, yeah. whatever. Like, yeah, I, was, yeah. I was about to say beans on toast, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, whatever it is, it, it's okay. It's, it's one one day two days it's absolutely fine and yeah um I think yeah if if anything from our conversation today it would be that and I think actually that self-compassion because the more we judge ourselves mm. the more we criticize ourselves we are not going to feel worthy because we're always going to be this isn't even competing with anyone else. We're always going to be competing with ourselves. Mm -hmm. I do. I love the quote. It's not any, not a direct quote, but it's the words to the effect of if shaming and criticising and putting yourself down 
was the was the answer to becoming a better person don't you think it would have worked by now and I just think that's so apt and again it was one of those moments where I was like oh yes that makes complete sense let's try something else and so just having great and it's not always possible don't get me wrong it's not like oh i shouted at the kids again and oh dear that was terrible of me I'm gonna you know it doesn't always quite work like that you don't you're not always a compassionate and graceful forgiving person but it's working again it's being mindful and working on the premise that you are becoming more so with every interaction with every experience um and over a period of time this is not an overnight thing and this is what I say to the kids that I work with as well there's nothing I'm going to teach you that you're going to wake up tomorrow and be like I'm super confident now I'm fixed like there's nothing in the world that's going to do that, but it's a little incremental, small changes, awareness, compassion, that over a period of time, you know, at the end of a year, you might not recognise the way that you react to things anymore because you've become so mindful and aware of your situation, yourself, your triggers, how you respond to things. And if you're in a family where you've got children, they will have also picked up on that and maybe dynamics will be, will be different from that perspective as well. So uh, it's all a long-term game. Absolutely. And that kind of feels like a good place to end it. Is there anything else that you'd like to add before we finish? It's been an absolute pleasure. I have to say, I, I love conversations that have got a, an umbrella topic and then let's see where they go. And this has been a really fascinating one. Um, you know, we've picked up some really nice things. Um, from what each other has said and I hope that people out there do find it useful um, find it interesting obviously if anyone's got any more questions about anything relevant to either of us you know if you've got a young person at home that's struggling at the moment then get in touch with myself um, or you're interested in anything more holistic in terms of Reiki and, and how that can help then you know give me a buzz um, and Jordan obviously you've got all your services available too. I have and I'm I'm a clicker link in my bio. <laughs> Perfect. Well, on that note, we'll leave it there. Thank you for joining me for yet another Fear Soul conversation. To find out more about me and my work, please see the links in the show notes. And don't forget to like, share and subscribe. I look forward to you joining me next time.